Welcome to Boardwalk Sports Talk, a podcast by the Jersey Sport Fan for the Jersey Sport Fan. Because in New Jersey, we know you don't like us. And guess what? We don't like you either. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode four of Boardwalk Sports Talk. I'm Brian Kinkowski, along with my good friend and colleague, Carl Freemeyer. It's a great day to be Jersey. It is. It is a great day to be Jersey, Carl. It's been a. It's been an interesting, actually, interesting week for, for Jerseyans in the in the college and professional sports world. We'll we'll dive into all of it. I think as a, as a Rutgers guy, I'm happy. As a Giants guy, I'm not so happy. As a Jets fan, I'm not a Jets fan. I can't imagine what they're feeling right now. Are Jets fans ever happy? Really? Ever truly happy? Yeah, uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say so right now. It doesn't. It certainly doesn't seem like it. So let's let's actually just dive right into to that one. Just kidding, Sam. We we wanted you all along. The Jets versus the Browns. The Jets pull out their second straight win, and in the process, completely eliminate themselves from the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. The Jets are like the prince fighting the dragon when the princess has already been basically captured and cannot be, cannot be recaptured. <laughs> princess is dead. Basically the prince has now slaughtered the dragon, but the princess is right. Trevor Lawrence. For, for, yes, for those that's who don't the know. analogy here. Yeah. Remarkable. It's remarkable what the jets can do when they really put their minds to it <laughs> and the stakes aren't, and the stakes don't mean anything anymore. <laughs> a, two, a two game win streak. Who would have thunk it? I mean, just, just crazy. I, I mean, I, I try. All right. So first of all, I want to apologize to our listeners. I told them to double down on the Jets after telling them to bet them against the Rams. And then I said, you know what? Bet them again against the Browns. Okay. Stop betting against the Jets. Uh, we should all stop. I, I apologize. I was wrong again. I'm sorry. Uh, but the Jets just ran out of season. They'd be going to the Super Bowl if, uh, <laughs> if we had like 10 more games. They're world beaters. So I tried to be positive last week. I really did. I said the Jaguars were going to lose to the Bears. They were going to beat the Bears. The Jets, it's fine. They got to win. They're still going to give them number one overall pick. Everything I had ever known, I tweeted this that out this weekend. Everything I've ever known is wrong. Every I bet like a couple games. Uh, I bet I bet you know, I followed my own advice. I bet the Jaguars to win. They lost. I bet the Jets to lose by a lot. They won. I bet the Giants to win. They lost. It was just it was absolutely brutal. And you know I was trying to be positive last week. Uh, but it's it's hard to be positive this week. Is there is there any positive spin that we can give Jets fans right now, Carl? You know, I'm at a, kind of a loss as to what this all means. You know, it is two straight wins, which is a win streak. Right, got to right. give them that. That's something. Um, Adam Gaze obviously has the guys. They're still they're still trying out there. You got to give them that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Does that mean now Bring he's back. is he coming back? Yeah. Does that make him like the future here? Um, I don't know. I think there was a report this week that they are they've informed him that he is going to be fired after the last game. So they're going to win one for the Gipper. I don't know why. Like, why tell him that now? Like, why? Very, like, very odd. You won two games. You 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 messed up out there, man. <laughs> you won two. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the the sort of lesson for the season is, or what the implications are now with these two wins, like. Where do they go from here from a draft strategy perspective? I mean, couldn't you see the Jets now with the – what are they going to have, the third or fourth pick at this point? I think they'll, I think they're pretty firmly entrenched in number two. They're going to have second. Okay. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I'm not – who knows? If they go out and beat the Patriots this week? I don't know. I mean, do they 
I, I don't know. I haven't. I, I think it's pretty much been them and the Jags like fighting for the last spot. So I think they'll probably have the number two. But I mean, do you rethink the quarterback strategy in the draft, and do you do you try and get Dar- uh, Darnold? You know, I think give that's more, the thing. More time. I think that's the thing that's so hard on Jets fans is, and and, and I don't really care for the Jets, but it would be tough on me too, is that there's no clear cut answer. There was a clear cut answer and it was draft Trevor Lawrence and your lives will be better for the next 15 years, like almost guaranteed. And now it's like, Oh crap. We have to rely on this organization that literally does nothing right ever to like hire the right coach and then like make a good draft pick. And like, I mean, they're like, I I actually like I was saying this the other day, I actually genuinely feel bad for Jets fans right now. Like I, I, I usually enjoy like laughing at them and like, Oh, the Jets, you're so silly. And like, you're doing Jets things. Like I think they went too far this time. Like I think the Jets actually went too far, like by winning this game and taking Trevor Lawrence out of like, out of their grasp. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think this time it's gone too far. I can't even laugh at them anymore. Like I, I really feel bad for them. Well, the QB strategy that I think has to be abandoned because that is like a slow moving train wreck. You can see the disaster in the making there. If they still want to pursue drafting a quarterback, because if they draft Justin Fields, I think we all know in our heart of hearts, he's going to go from OSU, the powerhouse of college football with like five-star linemen, five-star wide receivers, you know, throwing to guys who are just three, three or four yards open to having to fit into that jet scheme and going to just bomb miserably. And, and we know, we kind of know that, right? You can just sort of see it. You can yeah. sort of see into the future and you know that Justin Fields as a Jet is a disaster in the making. Then you look at the second, you know, maybe the second QB after um, after Fields or, you know, he's somewhere second or third behind Lawrence. But you look at the kid from BYU, if they draft that kid, does he, does he do anything? I mean, he's a wild card. He's a total wild card in my view. Uh, you know, he's everyone from BYU is a little bit unique. I mean, he's like a 23 year old. He's married. He's had a great season. Uh, he's obviously mature. Um, but does he does he fit the jet scheme? Does he have the athleticism that they're looking for? Can he succeed? I mean, it would be that I think is a risk, too. So I, I just I just don't see how you can go. You can't target either of those guys with the second pick. I just can't see you doing that. Is, Vin, is doing Vinny, that. Vinny Testaverde still available? Yeah, let's get Vinny back on there. Vinny and the Jets, baby. <laughs> I, I, I think I think you got to trade down if you're going to go QB. Yeah. But I don't think – I think they have to abandon that strategy and just take maybe a Mika Parsons. Go for, like, you know, linebacker because that kid's a stud. He's a beast. Maybe just draft Mika Parsons and, and hire a new coach and then let the coach figure out what they're going to do with Darnold. I think that's probably the, the, best, the best route. The fact that but, we're even talking about this is just so Jets. It's just so Jets. So, all right. Well, they got the Patri- Patriots next week. Um, any, your thoughts? What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. What a weird season, right? Twenty twenty's already been weird enough, but now we've got the Patriots just finishing out the uh, the string here. Belichick and and Co. did did all they could, I guess, with what they with what they had, and they had some great games. They had some awful games. Cam Newton's career looks like it's pretty much over at this point. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's as nondescript a game between the Jets and Pats as I can ever remember. Yeah. Neither team has anything going. Nothing. Neither team's making the playoffs. Nope. Neither team has anything really to look forward to next season. It's just bizarre. It's a bizarre game. And um, I mean, I guess you take, do you take the Jets? You're going to watch? 
<laughs> maybe out of morbid curiosity uh, yeah I mean, I mean if they finish three and 13 you got to consider that a, a real like victory for them considering they were oh and 13 um yeah. right a couple yeah. weeks ago so i mean it'd be nice to stick it to belichick i guess if you're a jets fan right i mean you would think that that, that probably never gets old beating that guy but yeah i don't know yeah i mean it, you can't you don't beat him too often it, you, you try to notch as many wins as you can while you can so yeah might as well. Might as well. Try, might as well go for the gold, baby. Jets, oh, Jets three and thirteen. Jets fans, I'm so sorry. You guys, I don't know what you all did in the in the past life, but you don't deserve this. This is just absolutely. Oh God, I'm sorry. I I nothing else to say. I'm sorry. I I often like kind of think about Jets fans, and I wonder myself at the end of each Sunday, do they just like lay in bed and stare up at the ceiling and wonder why? I know, like a lot. I got to give them a lot of credit. Jets fans are loyal to a fault. Every Jets fan I know is not like a recovering Jets fan or a former Jets fan. They are in it, man. Like they are part of the, the church of the Jets. And God bless them for that because they've been through such hardship. They've had no like real shining moment. I mean, there was a coronation, so to speak, with Rex Ryan. They had a, a couple of great seasons, but mostly it's just been like, one kick to the nuts after the next. Yeah. And honestly, they keep coming back for more. Right, they do. They always get up. They always get excited. I'll never forget um, at our fraternity's annual beer punk tournament. We used to have it during the NFL draft. And I'll never forget. I'll never get this image out of my head of when the Jets drafted Mark Sanchez. They traded up and drafted Mark Sanchez. And a large part of our fraternity are Jets fans. And they were just yeah let's go like just screaming like I, there was noises coming out of some of them that I, I don't even know and i was like are you okay dude like mark's it, he's played like 11 college games like why are you so excited like they always think that next guy is gonna be the guy and actually this year they were actually would have been right and then it gets taken from them and now it's just like i, I actually think they may be reaching the end of that road like the end like the end of you know how we were with Rutgers football like like before that brought back shiano like, I think that's what Jets fans are at now. I think they're literally just like, I don't even care. Like, I don't care. I can't get excited anymore. I can, this team's dead. Like, until they like, – dead until you prove me wrong, you know? Totally. Yeah, I'm emotionally void. Yep. I just got to see what happens. I can't invest <laughs> – I cannot invest my time and energy into this team anymore. Hey, guys, I don't blame you. All right, so uh, moving on. It's time for pork roll, egg, and cheese. So in honor of the Jets doing the most Jets thing they could do this week, we are doing the pork roll, egg and cheese of the most Jets things to happen in our lives. So that basically means like for the Jets, like what's the most, what are the most Jets moments you can remember like in your, in your life, Carl? So I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go first. Just, just get this out of the way. Cause we were just talking about it. Uh, my, my pork roll, I'm going with pork roll first because my pork roll is just, is just them missing out on Trevor Lawrence. I can't think of a more Jets thing in the world than having in their grasp, like just lose, just do what you do best Jets, just lose. And you're going to have a transition, like a, a generational quarterback fall into your lap and hopefully save your franchise. And they can't even lose, right? It's just the most Jets thing ever. So my pork roll, the Jets missing out on Trevor Lawrence. Num, num, num. <laughs> I think my pork roll is going to have to be, you know, as everyone knows here, I'm not a Jets fan, although I've grown up in North Jersey, had a ton of Jets fans for friends um, and watched a ton of Jets games in my life. And one of my first real cogent memories 
of sports fandom involved the Jets. And it was 1999. It was the year right after they had played the AFC championship game. Jets come into the season with Bill Parcells as the coach. They just gone 12 and four, really just huge amount of optimism about the team going into the season with Vinny Testaverde as quarterback. And what happens the first half of the first game, Vinny Testaverde blows out his Achilles and, um, they wound up losing that game, ironically, to the Patriots and uh, and Ray Lucas, Rutgers' loyal son. Love you, Ray. Plays Love the rest Ray. plays the rest of the season and actually played well. He played well, but um, you know it was a, it was definitely a step down from Vinny because Vinny at that time was a hell of a quarterback, and uh, they finished eight and eight. So that to me has got to be the pork roll. That was a that was a heck of a turn, devastating in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and they never got back to that height again. And, and Parcells actually wound up leaving the team after that. So, yeah, Al, Al Gro takes over. The rest is history. Pork roll, 99, Jets, Testaverde, Achilles, see ya. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go with – I'll go with – I'll work my way down. Since I started with the pork roll, go go to the egg. Uh, my egg is going to be Mo Lewis uh, injuring Drew Bledsoe and therefore – making Tom Brady the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, who then continued to terrorize you for the next 20 years. You, you, you take out the team's starting quarterback and you think, oh, great, this is awesome. They're going to be terrible this year. Nope, they're just going to go on, win the Super Bowl, win like six more Super Bowls in the next 20 years. And just literally, the, this is the first year the Patriots have lost that division in like, I don't even know how long, 11 years or something. It's crazy. The, the run the New England Patriots went on was absolutely insane. And you can thank your lovely New York Jets. Tom Brady may have never seen the light of day if it wasn't for Mo, for Mo Lewis. Like it's crazy, it's crazy. Like the butterfly effect. Like you never know. Like what what if that play just doesn't happen and Drew Bledsoe remains a starter and Tom Brady just literally just goes into obscurity forever. Crazy, right? Giselle is married to some regular Joe Schmo, and <laughs> the Patriots don't have any championships. Oh, it's crazy to think about. It, totally. It really so for my egg, I'm going to go, man, this is tough because there's, there's so many good Jets moments. I think I'm going to go Steelers-Jets, AFC title game. And uh, the Jets had just beaten the Pats, those same patties we're talking about here, and we're flying into this game. This is the second season wait. Uh, with Rex Ryan as coach. And you kind of feel like it's time. I'm scared actually as, as a fan and as a friend of many Jets fans, yeah. I, I knew the gravitas of what was happening. I kind of understood that, man, if they can beat the Steelers, they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And if they win the Super Bowl, I can't continue. Right. That was living. before the Eagles had so, won the Super Bowl too. So I still believed in God at that point. And I was very scared that, um, that the Jets were going to win that game and win the Super Bowl. I think it would have been worse too if they had won with Rex Ryan. Oh, the whole like, let's get a snack. Let's, Dude. you know, oh God, we yeah. don't care about anything. Yep. Yeah. No, he was, I just would have been. He made me hate the Jets. Everything. Like, I didn't really have an issue with the Jets. I kind of just like, they were like the lovable losers and like, what, like, it was just like, even when they weren't bad, like they had some years like Wayne Corbett and stuff. Like, the Jets were kind of cool. Like, I didn't really have a problem. When, when Rex Ryan came in, I was like, no, nope, don't, done with the Jets. Like, hate, I could not stand the way that man talked. So. Yeah, I mean, and listen, it worked well for him too. It, it, obviously, he got a lot of that out of that team. It was scary at the time, yeah, but anyway, that game they go into that game and they go down twenty-four nothing in the first half, and they just suck out all the energy and gumption and belief in their fan base in that first half. But then in the second half, come roaring back, if you guys remember, and nearly overtake the Steelers. 
but, but uh, basically run out of gas, run out of time, lose the game 24-19. At this point in that second half, down 24-19, you know, I'm very scared because yes. I think they're actually going to overcome the barrier. They're going to overcome the gauntlet, and, and they're going to rip-roar back. They didn't do it. So in one game, they basically sucked all the faith out of their fan base's uh, hearts. Then they gave them false hope in the second half only to fall short. And that was really the end. That was the end of the Jets, uh, the Jets two year run. Yeah. So to me, that's gotta be the egg. And the jet, the Jets are kind of like the Mets in that. Like they'll, they'll have the, I feel like they'll have these flashes where they get there. They're like almost there. Like they make the world series or they make the AFC championship. And then they like, instead of like building on it, they just like end up like completely falling apart. Like, and they're like, they're nowhere to be found. Like the, like, so a lot of teams will like make the AFC championship or make the world series. Like, and lose one and then or lose once or twice and then they'll finally get over the hump it's like nope they just literally like go back to being the worst team in the league <laughs> they burn they burn so bright for such a short time <laughs> you can't even figure out if it's a fluke or not and it's over already <laughs> it's great <laughs> oh, i love roasting the jets this is great all right so this is the probably the most predictable one ever but uh my cheese is the butt fumble I mean, is there really much else to say? I mean, Mark Sanchez ran directly into his offensive lineman's rectum, fumbled the ball, and the Patriots returned it for a touchdown. It was on national TV on Thanksgiving. I remember watching that game and just being, I forget who, like where I was at the time, but I just remember being like, oh my God, like you guys have to come see this. Like you won't even, I can't even tell you what I just watched with words. You just need to watch what happened. And like, he just closes his eyes and just, oh, poor Mark Sanchez. That was, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to beat it, beat it up too much i feel like it's a little bit of an overhyped uh you know thing i think it was like number one on the not top 10 on sports center for literally like they had to re- they had to retire it i think they actually retired that play from the not top 10 because it won so many weeks in a row they were like all right this is never gonna lose like hall of fame butt fumble like, it was it's amazing but yeah that's my that's my cheese that's a great one. And just one thing to add to that, because, yeah, phenomenal moment. That was the one time where I was happy that they reviewed the turnover because <laughs> that's where the NFL's review, like the constant camera angles, yep. the, the, slow-mo. the prolonged review, they use that to, in its full glory. I mean, we, we probably saw that play in-game seven or eight times, yeah. right, as they, as they reviewed. And, yeah, they slowed it down. You could see Mark closing his eyes as he launched his <laughs> lifeless body at the big butt of Damian Woody. Oh, it's oh, phenomenal. God. Phenomenal. So phenomenal good. stuff. It's so, so good. All right, so for my cheese, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre saga. So everybody remembers that. You know, Brett Favre coming to the Jets, a lot of hope after basically there being no hope. And, in fact – Really interesting this sidebar. Is, yeah, this, this is personal thing. to you, right? It's very personal. <laughs> Going into that season, I had a, I, I had basically no hope that the Jets could even be a five-win team. Never mind like a playoff team and go into you know make make noise in in their in their division. So I bet one of my really good friends before the season started and before I knew Brett Favre was going there that the Jets would not win five games. And uh, I bet him two hundred dollars. I thought I thought that, you guys bet. I thought you guys bet like one month's rent in college, which like isn't that much, but it was. I mean, in college, it's a lot. Like I remember, like no, no, we didn't bet it that much. I remember the number you guys. I was just like, oh my god, Carl, what are you doing? <laughs> it was it it was two hundred dollars, which at the time was a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it, that was like maybe a third of the rent, but mm. that still mattered. And yeah. I really yeah. thought I was going to win. I'm like, oh, I thought you were too. What a sucker! I mean, they had no, <laughs> they had nothing going at that point. 
Um, Pennington was, was no longer on the team. Um, they were just in total disarray. And what happens? Brett Favre. Brett Favre comes out of retirement and, and quarterbacks the Jets. And they, they won five games. I think they went like five and one. On the they button, won like yeah. five of their first six yeah. and cr- just crushed everybody. But then Brett tore something in his arm and the wheels completely fell off the Brett Favre bus and they wound up losing something like six of the last seven and missed the playoffs and uh, finished nine and seven for the season. Brett Favre retires unceremoniously after verbally accosting Jen Sturger. Good times. And um, well, not just verbally accosting for being honest. Photography. Photography. There was some photography. There was yeah, (laughs) some texts. Some texts were exchanged. Questionable text. Questionable. Yes. Um, and, uh, and then he goes to the Minnesota Vikings and then Minnetonka yeah, and, uh, and, and has a heck of a twilight season there, but yeah, that's gotta be cheese for me. Just a totally, what a crazy period. Most people forget it even happened. Yeah. Um, who, it was who, just, who was supposed to play quarterback for them? If Favre didn't, I feel like you would know this. Somebody terrible, maybe Kellen Clemens. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was somebody awful, somebody that never had played before, and there was just no hope whatsoever that that was going to go well. And yeah, he, you know, give Favre credit, he gunslingered them to nine, to nine wins, when I didn't think they were any better than five. But uh, yep, I was two hundred dollars lighter in the pocket for that one. Any any salt pepper ketchup? Any uh, any honorable mentions? You got any honorable mentions or? The, what, the, what was that AFC championship where they played the Raiders like in like the 90s? I mean, a salt pepper ketchup probably is Bill Belichick being coached for like a day and then quitting. There's so many. Yeah, awesome. every, basically everything they've ever done has been Jets. Yeah. Jets going to Jet. Yeah. All right. So moving moving on to the, the Baltimore beatdown, the Giants playing in, uh, in Baltimore. Not a good game. Didn't have fun watching it. Watched it with my son. He, uh, he knew very quickly it wasn't going to be a good one. I knew very quickly it wasn't going to be a good one. Uh, three in a row now, Carl, where the Giants have just turned in absolute stinkers. I mean, it, a couple weeks ago, they had come off the Seattle win. They looked amazing. I was saying things like, is this the best defense in the league? And, you know, the, they've only had one game they weren't in. Now, three games later, they've lost. They've been basically non-competitive in three in a row. Is it even worth making the playoffs right now? My view is no. And in fact, I think the NFC East in general is just just dysfunctional. Uh, There's no team that's really worth a damn in that conference. I think probably Washington will make it because they seem to be the most motivated to make it. Um, But yeah, it's going back to the Giants. Yeah, they've got no momentum to speak of at all. They've suffered a lot this year. I mean, they've they've been bit by the injury bug pretty damn hard. Yet Saquon has been out since what, week four? really early on Daniel Jones yeah, has been week, hurt. I think week two he got hurt yeah, yeah it's I mean so you haven't had your best player most of the season Daniel Jones has been hurt um yep. defense has looked good yep. in, at times but just haven't been able to string together enough consistent um offense in these last three games in particular to kind of yeah. take some of the pressure off them yeah I mean it's hard to win it's hard to win scoring seven points I mean like and I think they scored 13 against Baltimore but I mean they just they look terrible and now they need to win against Dallas and have the Eagles win in order to get in. And the, so that, that means that Giants fans have to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I can't personally think of a worse thing in the entire world, Carl. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how you root for those, you know, wit whiz eaten heathens. I honestly don't know how you do it. I, that's tough. I, I mean, I watched a man run into a pillar after they beat the uh, Vikings. 
when he was chasing the subway um doing the eagles chant i mean those guys you can't you can't root for them to win i understand that you have to unfortunately but i don't think i don't see how you can do it i don't see how you can do it my um i texted my dad because my dad hate my dad like basically the rule was growing up it was like you can root for whoever you want but you will hate the philadelphia eagles and so i that's just been drilled in my head from a young age so i texted talking to my dad i was like are you rooting for the Eagles? Like, how, like, what do we do here? And he's like, yeah, you know, he seems to be okay with it. I was, I'm just thinking of like all my friends who like just hate the Eagles and their dads hate the Eagles. Like I texted my one friend, Russ, whose dad hates the Eagles more than anybody I ever know. And I just said, has, has your dad's head exploded yet? Like what, you know, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do here? And that actually brings me to, I, I have a, an idea for a new segment and I want to call it, is it wrong? So this segment is called, is it wrong? And I'm just going to pose this question to you, Carl. Is it wrong of me to hate the Eagles so much that I would rather not make the playoffs than root for them? No, I don't think it is wrong, Brian. Um, And we can ask our listeners whether or not they think it's wrong, but I have done plenty of insane things in my fandom because I've hated a team, plenty of insane things. Uh, So I think this is just kind of par for the course there. And I really don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that. I think actually there was a time and I, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, bring up old wounds. This is a wound of mine, actually. I rooted for the Green Bay Packers as a Vikings fan to beat the New York Giants in the NFC Championship because I didn't want to see you be happy. <laughs> and that, looking back on it, was insane. You're a terrible, you're a terrible human being. <laughs> you know that? How'd that work out? That, that looking that back on out? it was insane. And I feel badly about it. I'm never going to forget about it. Um, not- that Super Bowl run, because- man. That Super Bowl run made me, just cemented me as a Giants fan. That was, you guys, my, that was what, our sophomore year of college. You guys were vicious. Like yeah, you was- and Rich and John, I mean, just, oh, I don't know if we, I don't know if we should get into it. Was that, a ter- that it was story. terrible karma. You want to get in? It was terrible You want to get into that, that story on, on the way back from the International Bowl? Well, I mean, we, we, we could give them the, uh, yeah, we could certainly do the, right, well, well, one day we'll do, we'll do a deep dive into this, but so basically Carl and I, and a couple of our friends from college were coming back from Canada. We Rutgers had played in the international in the international bowl. We played ball state in the international bowl, go Rutgers. And uh, so Rutgers had won and we were on our way back and the, the giants were playing Tampa Bay in the divisional playoffs. And Carl's a Vikings fan. My friend Rich is a Jets fan. And, uh, Josh is a Cowboys fan and, was, and we're all in the car and there's I think one of Josh's friends in the car was a Cowboys fan too and all their teams either like weren't playing that day or just didn't make the playoffs and I asked if we could listen to the Giants game on the radio the Giants playoff game and they wouldn't turn it on and I, like at that time it was like 2007 I think right that was the year they won so it was 2007 like it wasn't like I, I don't think I had like a phone or any way to really listen other than like the, the radio and so they wouldn't turn it on I remember saying to them like you the karma like this is such bad karma like the giants are gonna win the super bowl this year because you guys are just like such jerks and i didn't actually believe it but i kind of did and then the giants ended up winning the super bowl and then i never let them hear the end of it well the best part about that whole thing is it's not like we listened to another game on the radio i'm pretty sure we were listening to no. like inane sesame yeah, inane sesame street music exactly like i mean it was absolute insanity uh, and it was a long drive too like, i mean we were driving from literally another country like eight hours so yeah it was a torture we actually torture tortured ourselves in, in an attempt to torture you worse um right and then and then the giants beat dallas the next <laughs> week and then that was josh's team so that was great i very much enjoyed that and then green bay the fact that you rooted for green bay everyone was just telling me the whole time 
and I get at this point we're pretty much just telling the whole story, but <laughs> everyone was just telling me the whole time it was like, well, you're gonna get your butt kicked by Dallas next week, and I was like, okay, and then the Giants beat Dallas, and then it was like, no shot they win in Lambeau, like no one ever wins there. It's gonna be negative a million degrees. Tom Coughlin's face is gonna fall off, and then the Giants went there and won, and then you know they're playing the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl, and it's it's you know they're at that point I was literally like, you're right, we're not gonna win this game. I'm just happy to be there. But I remember the Giants had played that game against the. The last game of the regular season, they played the, the Patriots with a chance to knock them from being a 16-0. and 0, And they played them really tough. And I remember thinking they had a shot, but I didn't expect much. And then, of course, they go on and win that amazing Super Bowl. David Tyree and the helmet catch. and That was one heck of a game, yeah. man. And what a run. Honestly, you're bringing it back like you did. So visceral. You're so right. I'm pretty sure I was one of the people that said Tom Coughlin's face was going to fall off. Because his face used to get so red even at the Meadowlands. And this was, this was Lambeau, where it was like negative 10 that game. <laughs> I just could see like his whole face scabbing over, basically, <laughs> falling off. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hey, you guys earned it, man. Well, who, who, who got the, the interception to, to basically win that, that, that Packers game? Was it in the oh, quarters? Or no, that was a different year, right? But somebody made a key interception that basically sealed that game. And, um, yeah. and after that, but- I mean you had to think to yourself, why can't they win? Why can't they beat the Patriots? Yep. And yeah, I mean, I, I did, I root for the pet Packers as my arch nemesis. Yes, I did. And do I feel much shame? I do. I do feel much shame because what they do, they didn't win. They lost in agonizing fashion. So then I had to be mad about the fact that I had rooted for my arch nemesis who then blew it against the giants and effectively gave them the momentum they needed to do it if i just rooted for the giants the whole time i could have at least had some satisfaction knowing that okay well at least the packers didn't do it but i got basically the short end of both sticks and was it Corey webster, Corey I think it webster. Might Corey. yeah 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 it was Corey yeah. webster I'll never, right. okay. yeah yeah and, and you know and carl that's that exact reason is why i won't do it i won't do it i won't root for philadelphia he goes you can't make me i will root for my stinking giants against the cowboys and then i'm not going to watch the eagles washington game and wake me up in the morning and hopefully we're in the playoffs i have i have morals i have morals darn it all right anyway so moving on um we're gonna go since we're, we're on this this giants little binge here and the, the eagles they control their destiny we're gonna move on to the big hit segment last week my cousin from philly we got our cousin ryan here my cousin ryan is not your cousin carl unless you want to adopt him but he's, uh, he's here again this week for some Philly talk, so let's toss it to him now. Philly rules, cheesesteaks, Bobby Clark, Will Smith, your town sucks. All right, so here, welcoming back to Boardwalk Sports Talk, my cousin from Philly, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going? What's up, fellas? Glad to be back. Excited to uh, chat about some football, except for my team sucks, but you guys got something to watch. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, you got rave reviews. All the fans were going crazy. They said that we need more Philly, <laughs> Philly uh, accents and Delco and Wawa and Hoagies and water. So, I don't think I have one of those accents. Yes, but, you uh, do. I just, can do my best. It's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, um, so lot, lots of lots going on right now in the NFC East. Um, I wanted to talk to you about. So first of all, like what's been going on uh, in your head since you've been eliminated? Uh, well, listen, I mean. 10 minutes into that game last week, I thought the Eagles were going back to the Super Bowl. I mean, Deshaun Jackson catches that 90-yard touchdown pass, and, you know, everything's looking good again. And, of course, in classic Deshaun Jackson fashion, he never sees the field again after that. So that was about on cue. 
Um, Jalen was good in the first half and then got awful in the second half, I think is a nice way to put it. I mean, hell, if they lose on uh, Sunday, that's a top three draft pick. That's where my head's at. All right, fair enough. I actually didn't even realize the way the results went. I think if the Eagles won that game, the Giants would have been eliminated, right? Because yeah, yeah. I mean, because the, the Eagles would have had the tiebreaker, would have had that that tie situation where if the Eagles won, then they were in, right? Mm-hmm. And then if Washington won, then they were in. And even if the Giants beat Dallas, it was either Eagles or Washington. So yeah, I didn't even realize that watching that game, but that was crazy. Yeah. So I mean, now obviously. Uh it's even worse that they flexed our game to Sunday night so that you guys have something to look forward to. You know, you'll, you'll get your game in early and then you root against Washington. If you win or root against us. Yeah. Washington. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that, that actually, that actually brings me to my next question is what, so like as an Eagles fan, right. What, and you're eliminated, what do you want to happen next week? Like you, like if you, do you want to lose and let either the giants or Dallas in or do you want to like? Do you want to win? Like, what do you? How, how? What's your ideal way of this shaking out? We lose, we get the number three overall draft pick. I mean, I don't care who gets in to be honest. Ideally, the Redskins get in because I'm least worried about the Redskins. Like, I Dallas still has like weapons that they scare me kind of, even though their defense is terrible. But I mean, the Giants are just getting no love right now. The, the, the Dallas is flying high, which I like. I said I mentioned to you, I love the Giants this weekend. I think uh, the betting side of things on that end. I feel pretty good. About, I mean, Daniel Jones is back, right? I think so. Yeah, he played last week, but he looked terrible. I mean, the Giants have just been yeah. absolutely terrible the last three weeks now. It was, at first, it was like they, they were in every game, and now three weeks in a row, they have just been non-competitive. So, yeah. I mean, I got no preference which ways it goes. Like I said, it's a dead season. Right. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with these quarterbacks, man. I have no idea. Um, yeah. You're not worried about the Giants or the, or the Cowboys making a Super Bowl run, huh? No, I, I mean, the NFC is wide <laughs> open, but I just think between Seattle, um, the Saints, obviously, but I don't trust Drew Brees right now. Um, I don't think anyone's beat the Chiefs or the Bills. I don't think anyone's beating either of those teams. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the, the Super Bowl winners coming out of the AFC, but, you know, and you never know. Like the Giants, Listen, you got a route to get in, though. The Giants I mean, especially have week, shown, like, you get in the dance. All you got to do is get in. Right. Next thing you know, you're hosting a playoff game and, We've seen crazier things happen. I mean, I saw the Bills announced today they're going to let like 7,000 people in if they have a home game for their playoffs. You know, 7,000 people in Buffalo is like 100,000. They're going to be just throwing stuff and like jumping through tables. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing like a playoff home atmosphere. And obviously that's been taken away. So I don't think the home field is that big of a, you know, advantage at this point. But it's be- something's better than nothing for Bills fans. I mean, they've made that's awesome for them. Yeah. All right, so we, we're introducing a new segment this week called Is It Wrong? So my question to you is, I introduced this because uh, I'm asking, is it wrong of me to hate the Eagles so much that I would rather not make the playoffs than root for them? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's wrong. I mean, it's – listen, every, I, I know that the hatred's real and it's there. So, I mean, do you not want to make the playoffs? I'm so mad at the Giants for putting me in this situation where I have to root for the Eagles. I'm like – you know, no. I think if the Giants win, I think I'm just gonna not watch the night game and just like I'll wake up the next morning and like hopefully it's good news. Yeah, I mean, if like I said, if Haskins plays, I think Washington's defense will Haskins be able. Haskins is to... gone, dude. Haskins, they cut him. Not Haskins. I'm sorry, I said Haskins. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is Smith. Gone. You're talking about Smith. Smith. Yeah. If Smith plays, I think they win. If not, I think the Giants are, or, yeah. or the Cowboys are are gonna be in. Is this the most dysfunctional? 
year in in a conference's history that you guys can think of? I can't think of a more dysfunctional year in a conference. It has to be. I mean, there's a couple. I mean, the Giants were what nine and seven the one year they won the Super Bowl. Matt Hasselback did. Maybe the Seahawks got in one year six and ten or something. But the fact that I mean, as of last week, all four teams. I mean, six wins or seven wins lead the division, and everybody's still in the race. It's just. It, it shows the, the, you know, how powerful that NFC East was this year. Your memory is pretty good, Ryan. It was, it was the Seahawks. It was seven and nine. And that was the, remember that was the beast quake game when, when Lynch yeah. went for like that 80 yard touchdown, he broke like 19 tackles, like stiff arm the guy into yeah. the Canarsie. The other thing, um, I mean, you guys have a defense at least. Are they getting healthy? Like Washington and, and the Giants have a defense. Dallas has an offense that does well, I think against not great defenses. That that's, I mean, I'd feel good if I were you guys. Defense plays in the playoffs unless you play the Chiefs. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the defense is, is okay. I mean, the defense hasn't really been the issue the last couple of weeks. I mean, they didn't look good last week against Baltimore. Like, Baltimore on the first drive literally just did whatever they wanted. Like, Baltimore is getting hot right now at the yeah. right time, too. So. I was watching the game with, with Dylan, with my son, and uh, the, the, the way Baltimore went down the field, like, at will on the first drive against the Giants. You knew it. just looked at him looked at each other we were like so like want to go play Madden like this is <laughs> it was just it was pretty pretty rough but yeah I mean their defense is good they can hang and they only allowed 27 points total I think 20 of them were in the first half I didn't really get to watch much of the second half because I was at work and the game was like over like that game was over you knew within two drives that that game was over mm-hmm. the Giants and it was the Giants literally let them go straight down the field and then they went backwards on their drive and I was like oh okay like I'll see you next week like yeah hopefully Hopefully uh, Washington loses later because we're not going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, the NFL so week to week. You know how that is. So, like I said, Cowboys are flying high now. It just seems like the right time for the Giants to step in and win like, a, I don't know, I think it's going to be more heist, maybe 28-25 game or something like that, like a close game. But Giants get a stop when they need. Who knows? Yeah, should be interesting. And then we got the nightcap with Eagles and – Washington football team. So it should be an interesting Sunday. Looking forward to it. What are your, uh, what, before you go, what are your, your hopes for the Eagles next season? As far as like quarterback coach GM, like who do you want to see stay? Who do you want to see go? What's your ideal? Yeah. Eagles? I mean, so my thing is if, if Doug Peterson is the quarter, if is the coach, I don't know that Carson can be the quarterback. Um, but I don't think Doug Peterson's getting fired. I don't think anyone's getting fired. I, I we're all going to be back next year. I don't. I honestly have no. I don't understand the NFL with all the contract situation and Carson's. I, I don't know how that works. Of who has to, you know, take what percentage and. Tri- I just don't see a world where they're both here competing next for Week One. I I I don't see it. I mean, I hope it is because. I still somehow believe Carson isn't as terrible as he's been. But what do I know? Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard a lot of rumors that uh, if the Eagles are trying to package them, that maybe Indianapolis is an ideal spot. 100%. So, I mean, if you can get a high pick, why Here's not? the thing. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know what, what can you get. You got to pay the guy $30 million. Like, I don't even know that you get a, a third-round pick to be like, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know who's giving up what because nobody's going to take the full contract. So the Eagles are going to have to cover part of it. But, yeah, I agree. Indianapolis, I think, with Frank Reich would be good for him. Um, you know, fresh start. It just seems like it's one of those things where it's a situation where Carson just isn't going to be successful in Philadelphia. He was – you know, he had some mild success early in the regular season and then obviously a couple injuries, some crazy breaks, and 
it's crazy how things have turned out after last year getting that contract extension. It's kind of crazy. The Eagles are just in a bad spot right now, man. It's like can't say can't say I hate to see it. That's for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you do in the draft. I mean, the good thing is obviously Trevor Lawrence is going. So I don't know. Is Justin Fields going number. I, I don't think the Jets are going to take a quarterback at two. Um, so you get pretty much whoever you want, honestly. And I I don't know. Do you take a a really good wide receiver, which we can never mm-hmm. seem to yeah. find. You'd hope not because you drafted two the last two years and they both stink. So you kind of have to, but do you just take the best defensive play? There's so many weaknesses to this yeah, team that I literally don't even know where to, I, I think you just take the best player available, whatever it is. Yeah. They're a mess. And I love it. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll check in with you soon. All right. For sure. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. By the way, uh, Rutgers won me some money last night. So hey, I was watching the Scarlet Knights last night. Got a little dicey. How about those fighting Scarlet Knights? A couple free throws to cover a three spread. So I was happy. Never a doubt. Missing their best player. Missing uh, their, their Dude, second. That big, team uh, battles, man. They fight. That's they for are. sure. I love that you, you needed uh, four free throws made from a guy with uh, a back that's like half functional. But hey, man, he pulled it up. Listen. You. College basketball, nothing matters in college basketball when you're betting until the last two minutes because you're always sitting on a number, and if the team makes free throws, you're covering it. If they miss, yep. you're not. It's all it is. It's an adrenaline <laughs> rush. Every Especially time. those one-and-ones, right? Those have got to be really tough, yeah. They're brutal. Throwing into the one-and-ones brutal. I was sweating it out, and I didn't have any points. I just needed them to win, and I was still like, they're going to miss all these foul shots, but Listen, man, they're, they're in there for the Big Ten Championship. I'm rooting for you, but uh, good luck Sunday. We'll talk all to right, you. All right, man. Well, we appreciate it. See you, Carl. See you, Brian. All Thanks, right, guys. Take it easy. Uh, all right, so moving on. No more football talk. We, we think we've covered most of the football here for, for the area for the week. No more Rutgers football, unfortunately. No bowl game for them. So now it's time for some Rutgers basketball talk. They had a game last night against Purdue. They had uh, their starter or their star player, Ron Harper, was, was announced he wasn't going to play. Like, I feel like it was like an hour before the game. I got that text and I was like, what, why? Like, I was like, I went from thinking the Rutgers was going to throttle them to like, oh my God, I hope they can win now. And uh, they, it was a, it was a back and forth game. They, they were up big in the first half and Purdue came back, took the lead. And then Rutgers was able to grind it out. Just a gutty, gutty win for the, for the, for the Scarlet Knight boys. Uh, Carl, what, what, are your, what were your thoughts? Yeah, on well said. I mean, it was a massive win, super gritty performance and really a character building performance, I think. And you're right. I mean, that was sort of the perturbation of my emotions too. It was like, you see Ron Harper's out and you think, how the heck are we going to make up 25 points with this lineup? Because you know that Gio's still getting right from his ankle injury. You know, Jacob Young, you know, was skywalking in that Ohio state game and got decked and hurt his back. So what is he going to be able to put together today? You know, McConnell's out for the season, or at least has been out for the season thus far. Where are you getting those 25 points? So you start to wonder, like, are we going to be able to keep this in like both fifties or the sixties and, and, you know, win a, win a nail biter in sort of a defensive slug match. And if you can't do that, you know, how are you going to win this game? So I agree with you. I mean, and, and listen, the first half was nuts. The fact that we were shooting the way we were shooting is pretty much unprecedented for Rutgers. We were launching threes from all over the court and all of them were going in. I think at one point we were something like seven for 11 from three point range, which for us, I mean, we've gone over 11 and stuff like that. It's not, you know, a couple of years ago, we couldn't shoot at all. Our shooting has really improved. And if you, if you look at what Pike said, he actually uh, gives a lot of credit to 
the donors and, and, and the process that led to us having this facility where these guys can shoot 24 seven. I think it's really helped to have a dedicated basketball facility that um, has allowed these guys to train and, and, and get to where they need to go. Because before the rack was being like a multi-purpose facility, the guys would go in there wanting to shoot and like the, the women's volleyball team would be in there like working out and stuff. It was just insanity. Like when Corey Sanders was here, like there, and, and Eddie Jordan was the coach, there were like no dedicated facilities. If Corey Sanders wanted to shoot hoops, he had to like go over to the river dorm. He had to go to the river dorm. Go to, go to, go to college at gym and start and play with the riff Start a pickup game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He'd like shoot the river dorms, uh, those courts of the river dorms. So yeah, I mean, Hey, our free throw shooting was phenomenal. The whole game, our, our three point shooting, especially when it counted in the second half was really good too, but it was exceptional in the first. And yeah, I mean, heck we played a really, really good game with several of our guys either out of the game completely not playing at all or hurt. And wow, that was a really, I think it showed the whole fan base and college basketball at large, what this team can do, because this is a, this is going to help us in the future when most of our guys are back, hopefully. And now we're relying on some of these, these other guys to come in and make big plays. They're going to have done it in the past. They're going to have the confidence to know that they can, they can execute when the time's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're winning games like this. I mean, it's scary to think like when this team gets healthy, what, what they're capable of. Um, They've obviously been hit by the bit by the injury bug here a bit. And, and when they get everyone healthy, I mean, uh, I, I have very high hopes for them. Anybody, anybody on the team can go for 20. Yeah. That's the amazing part. I mean, Mulcahy was hitting huge threes. Montez obviously had the game with the light. Why doesn't he shoot more? I was watching Mulcahy. I was just like, why don't you shoot more? He's he money. Is money this year. I he is. He just wants to assist. Like he's, I feel like he's always trying to pass and like, God bless him. But like, shoot. there's guys on the team that I'm like, every time they shoot, I'm like, please don't. And then he's one. I'm like, shoot, please shoot. Like well, last year, he, he didn't feel or look particularly comfortable shooting from three. And most teams knew that. Um, and I think he kind of knew it too. But he worked on that in his game, man. And yeah, he's, he's strong now. He's really strong. And Tez too. You talk about streaky. We talked about like, is, was Ron streaky last year? Now he's Mr. Consistent. Montez Mathis, I think, can fairly be characterized as being a streaky player. Like he can have four points and then you can have like 20 points and then you can have he had 25. And then, I mean, he yeah. just had a, a huge, huge game. And he was five for five from three-point range just launching threes he had the launch codes he literally had the launch codes he was literally jacking them up from all different spots on the floor and just making them like the truth the whole game there was one sequence a big sequence where mulcahy makes a three to pull it to within two we're down five in the second half and i think geo finds him on the baseline mulcahy finds a little space hits a three from the corner um to, to put it down to and then and then right after that play geo makes a steal to tie the game up then later on um purdue's make another run we're ahead but uh tez has the ball and he hits a three to put us ahead by five again so those two guys really made critical buckets critical threes in the second half when we most needed it I and mean, they were just just money the whole game it's a phenomenal performance by them i, th- I think for me the the best the most reassuring thing is it actually felt, I think I was texting the group and it felt like for a minute there, it started when they were coming back, it felt like the Ohio state game for a minute. It was like the ball was rolling in the wrong direction. Purdue was down like 15 or 16 to come all the way back. I was like, Oh my God, not again. Like the refs were, you know, doing ref things. I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to beat that to death every week, but they stink. And so it just felt like it was the Ohio state game all over again. And at a certain point, I think 
was it Mulcahy that hit a three? At a certain point, Rutgers just kind of put their foot down and they were like, nope, not today. And like, I think Mulcahy hit like a huge three. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was very impressive to see that, you know, the odds are against you. The the ball was rolling against them the wrong way and they don't have, you know, their star player to turn to and they still got it done. So very uh, reassuring to see that. That's really well said. Yeah. Normally you'd have Ron to kind of break a, a streak like that. He would just take it hard to the hoop and create some space and, and make it to end like a long scoring run. It's always hard for me. I've watched college basketball most of my life. Uh, I've watched it since the mid nineties. And it's still hard for me to get used to the fact that there's these long runs that happen. It just feels like, come on, break yeah. the run, just break it, you right. know, like make it's a play, a but it does. It, it, there's just tons of, you know, runs happen in every game. They happen for us. We'll, we'll score eight straight. Or we'll go on a 12 to two run and they happen for the other team. And unfortunately you're right. It did feel like groundhog day in that regard, because I think Purdue went on like a 30 to 14 run or something like that. Cause we were up big and then they went on a big run and they took a lead. And it was like, darn, yeah. what the heck? We ran out of gas yeah. again. But you're right. These guys, they just ro- they just rose to the challenge. And honestly, this team's starting to really gel, I think. You know, these guys love each other. And you hear them. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, just the way they talk about it, one another. Like um, like Ron, when he when he was announced he was not going to play in the game, he tweets out that, don't worry, somebody will step up. You know? Yeah. Yep. And these guys, yeah, they just they just trust that they've got each other's back and, and that their, their teammates are going to do – do their thing if if they can't rise to the challenge and i think i mean to me like this team has a little bit of a personality person by person i think ron is like the steady eddie he's mr steady at this point geo is of course the closer like he comes in to put the nail in the coffin and to make big big buckets he's not necessarily a great fixed shooter he's never really been that and we saw that in the purdue game he actually had a couple opportunities that opened threes and missed them but then yeah. when he when you need him to make a huge bucket he'll like you know, twirl and twist and drop step and, and step back and make a ridiculously improbable shot to when you, when you most need it. So he's Mariano Rivera, basically. Exactly. And then you have <laughs> Tez who's, you know, the junkyard dog, total junkyard dog. I mean, he's just such a, like a, he's a brawler, man. He just like scratches and claws for everything out there. Jacob's like speedy Gonzalez just never stops. Uh, Miles is like Wilt Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain's athleticism married to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's mind. He's like a, you know, he's like a renaissance man in the truest sense. The guy's a genius, but he's also an athletic freak. Uh, then you have Mulcahy, who's like a lunch pail, our lunch pail, New Jersey lunch pail character. And Cliff, man. And Cliff, Cliff, who hopefully comes back soon. Cliff's like our sky. Yeah, we need I mean, him. We Cliff really like flies him. through the air. And, and, and you don't realize just how big of a deal it is not to have him until you don't have him. Because yeah. there's a real big drop off from him to Ducori. Well, I said I said that a couple of weeks ago I, that, that I thought the biggest difference between the team between last year and this year was last year when Miles was out of the game, it was a pretty big drop off. I felt like with Shaq, and now we don't really have a drop off anymore. And but now that Cliff's hurt, we you know we're kind of back to that when Miles is in the game, we're like you feel like you're missing something. All right, so they got Iowa coming up this Saturday. Luca Garza, I hate him. I hate his face. I hate his tongue. Uh, I hope we beat them, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah. It's like everything pulsates out of Luca Garza's body. Like I just, I don't understand how he hasn't had an aortic, some kind of aortic event because he's just always tense and yelling. And yeah, I mean, if the refs allow these guys to play, I think that we're going to, we're going to bang in the post with him and we're going to neutralize him. 
And it's going to come down to how effective are the rest of the, the cats on our team. Like, can, can Ron do what he's been doing? I, we need Ron to play. That's number one. If yeah. Ron plays. I don't think I, we beat them without him. I mean, no. I'd be happy to be proven wrong there, but I think that's the team. Purdue's solid, and, you know, obviously we were able to beat them without him, but um, Iowa is, you know, that's that you need all, all hands on deck. Yeah, I mean, they are phenomenal shooters too. Like they will shoot the lights out of the gym if you let them. So we need to really flex out on those wings. We cannot let those guys get open for shots. We need to make a lot of shots of our own and we need to grind them down as much as we can. I mean, if we can get Ron back for that game, I'm feeling really good about it. And assuming Jacob's coming, you know, coming along with his yeah. his back recovery. I'm feeling very good about it. It's going to be fun though. You it's it's awesome to think that we're going to be playing Iowa, number 10 in the country. We're number 15 14. and 14. Yeah, it's going to be just another heavyweight match, man. It's it's yeah. television. We win that game, I think we we're probably going to break the top 10. Agree. Agree completely. I don't know. Just a bold prediction. But well, you know, we'll see. It should be it should be fun. Definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully they can uh, pull it out. I, it's not the end of the world if they don't, though. I, I think that you know, I, I would rather see the guys get healthy and lose this game and be healthy for like a tournament, you know, a tournament run than than you know try and win a, a regular season game right now. Well, yeah, we've got them twice. We've, we're going to play Iowa at their place too. So if, if we're yeah. not healthy and Ron can come back and play a full game, I agree. Rest up and get them back at their place with Cliff and Ron in February. All right, so Rutgers basketball, tune in on Saturday, 2 p.m. I think it might be on ESPN2. I think I saw the game, so should be fun. Another Rutgers, little Rutgers note here. Jersey guy of the week. Jersey guy of the week this week is going to be Logan Ryan. Logan is a kid from Berlin, New Jersey, attended Voorhees High School, uh, had a couple standout years at Rutgers as a defensive back, and he just signed a new three-year extension to stay with the New York football giants, keeping him in Jersey. So just an awesome story, a kid that played high school ball here, played college ball here, and now he's, you know, holding down the fort on the Giants defense. I think it's just a, an awesome story, and, you know, I, I wanted to give him a shout-out and give him Jersey Guy of the Week this week. Yeah, like a true Jersey guy. He bet on himself, one-year contract, and now look, three-year extension, and he's uh, and he cleaned up. Good for Logan Ryan. That kid's an awesome, awesome player, awesome person. Yeah, he is. He's he's everything you want on a team, and you know he's one of the bright spots on, on the Giants. You know, right now being five and ten and still having a chance to win. The defense has kind of pulled them along all season, and Logan Ryan, I think, is a large part of the reason why they are as good as they are. He's kind of like the one of the captains of the defense, I'd say. So he's doing great there. And just as much as I want to be positive about Logan Ryan and the Giants, I also have to unfortunately give them the Jersey Boo of the Week because the Giants are making me root for the Eagles this week, which I'm still not sure I'm capable of doing. We've talked about it ad nauseum at this point, so I'm not going to beat it up too much, but I could not think of a better thing to do than give the Giants the jersey boo of the week because, I, I mean, to make me root for the Eagles, what, what, why? Why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to me, Giants? It's cruel and unusual. Don't, ever, don't do this to me ever again. All right. I don't want to have to give the Jersey boo of the week to one of my favorite teams, but you deserve it. You should have, should have won one of these last three games and we'd be in the driver's seat and we could just beat Dallas and go into the playoffs. But no, you got to make me root for the Philadelphia Eagles. So New York Giants, Jersey boo of the week, hit it. Hip, hip. Oh. Hip, hip. Oh. Hip, hip. Boo, you stink. All right. I think we're kind of winding down here. Do you have uh, anything else you'd like to add on before we sign off for the rest of the week i do that is purdue 
who is your daddy and what does he do? I'll give you a hint, Purdue, and all those folks in West Lafayette, Indiana. Your daddy lives along the banks of the Raritan and chops wood for a living. <laughs> for those who aren't keeping track, we are now 2-0 first Purdue in football since joining the Big Ten Conference in 2014 and have now won our last three, count them, three head-to-head matchups in hoops versus the Boilers. I don't know exactly where West Lafayette is, and I'm sure folks there don't know what a Rutger is, but let me tell you here, quoting loosely from Pedro Martinez, I think as a boiler, you just have to tip your hat to us and, and basically call Rutgers your daddy, baby, because we're back. I love it. And we're your worst nightmare. I love it. The Carl rant never disappoints. Purdue sweep. Kick Purdue out of the Big Ten. Kick them out. Kick them out. Kick them out. Kick, kick them out. Anyone that loses to Rutgers in, in football and basketball, kick them out of the Big Ten. Kick Maryland out of the Big Ten. Kick them all out of the Big Ten. We're, you know what we're going to do? We're going to kick every team out of the Big Ten until we're the only team in the Big Ten, Carl. We are the Big Ten. Okay? Let's go. And then the big logo will work because we'll do the one in the middle. That'll just be us. Right. Yes. Big. Love it. Right. Love it. And it's like kind of ironic, right? Because there's 10, there's not 10 teams in the conference anymore. So that logo is just kind of fugazi, but yeah. whatever. The name, of the, another, name uh, of the conference makes zero sense. Another topic for another day. All right. Well, it was a good, good, uh, good week. Had fun uh, talking with you about all the stuff. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Leave us a review. Thank you to those who already have. Follow us on Twitter if you want to hear my angry ramblings during Giants and Jets and Rutgers and whoever else I feel like watching. I've been watching some World Junior Hockey this week. That's been fun. At Talk Boardwalk is our handle on Twitter. Tweet us ideas for pork roll, egg, and cheese. I'm tired of coming up with them. Somebody help me out. Jersey Guy Boo of the Week and send help. Uh, My cousin from Philly, anything, you know, interact with us. We love to hear from you guys and see you next week. Jersey Boys out. Peace, Jersey. Jersey.